blacks with power, the show for blacks in America who are fed up with white supremacy. Lord have mercy. Brothers and sisters, it is good to be with you, especially in these times. I mean, it's like, you know, how you say good, right? But you got to say it's, it's, it's good to be with you because I, 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 it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. But I am back live and direct. I'm sorry that I've been gone so long. I just, I was, I just wasn't feeling it, man. You know, um, you know, a while ago, I, I mean, I, I came to a place where I was really frustrated um with america man because we've been in this space now like all of you all know this ain't new like what we're seeing right now it's like an explosion but it's been going on for quite some time and it's been bad it's been bad in recent years for recent years and you know you remember folk in your circle ain't want to hear it they weren't trying to hear it because we had all you know hoped and changed and we figured we had all had it all figured out and we was on our way. And even when Trump came around, we was like, we was right with white folks. Like, yeah, one day he's going to become presidential. And we kept looking for him to become presidential. And maybe this is going to be the moment that he's going to become presidential. And I'm like, yo, it ain't going to never happen. They on a different type time these times. And now here we are. Faced with the reality that we had to be faced with for quite some time. Faced with the reality of white supremacy run amok faced with the reality of white power in vitriolic rage it is open season on negroes and you know one of my white friends if you watch racial heresy if any of y'all listen to racial heresy racialheresy.com we just put out an episode my brother from another mother uh father case ramey and i were talking and 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 and, and in, in one piece i don't even know if we said this on the on the on the, on the podcast but he was like you know he was like a white man. It was like, man, we are way past dog whistles at this point. You know, we going straight on bullhorns nowadays. You know, they they doing, you know, white supremacist rallies on Juneteenth. I mean, he moved it, but still, white supremacist rallies on Juneteenth in the in the city of, of, of one of the most violent massacres, accepting his nomination, another white supremacist rally on Axe Handle Saturday commemoration in Jacksonville. I mean, they are just declaring you know, militias is out here shooting protesters. The boogaloo is all in effect. Google that. The boogaloo. It sounds like some, some you know, some get down on it. You know what I mean? It sounds like you never believe it. Google it. The boogaloo. And the question that I've been wrestling with, brothers and sisters, because as you see, y'all know, I, I used to do this in my, you know, whatever T-shirt, whatever shirt I had on. It's like, no, no, no. We in serious times nowadays. We got we've got to be about the work of the Lord. And so the question that I've been wrestling with, brothers and sisters, where is and what is the role of the black church in these times? You know, what what is going on? Where is the black church? How is the black church? How has the black church been leading us? I would say leading us over a cliff. And where should the black church be leading us? How is the black church going to get us there? And I know y'all hear me rant all the time. And so, you know, I, I've really been exploring this with, with some of my brothers in the ministry. And wanted to invite, start inviting some of my brothers in, um, hopefully some of my sisters, but I haven't had as many conversations with them about this. Um, but invite some of my brothers in to have these conversations 
on on the church and so first up i wanted to invite because you know you know most of y'all ain't like me you know y'all don't come from I, I don't even really get considered black church you know what i mean i'm in this cassock and whatnot i got these crosses hanging from my neck and y'all y'all like he ain't black church man he might be black maybe something like that but he ain't that white people church and so to start this thing off i wanted to come with one of my good black church brothers man my brother from another mother uh jimmy state and down in 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 fort lauderdale florida and uh he and i went to seminary at, at howard and uh you know and, and so i did have some 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 black seminary bona fides y'all like don't 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 count a brother out but uh me and jimmy would chop it up all the time and 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 so jimmy welcome to the show blacks with power to to i want to welcome you brother and and, and how you doing Man, I appreciate it, man. It's good to be on the show, man. I'm, man, you know, I want to say that I'm good, but there's some reservation in me, you know, to be honest, that I'm really not so good. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really not, I'm just really not so good right now, you know, with everything going on. COVID 19 is a virus that's really like has us running rampant. But then, like you're saying, man, we're hit with another virus, COVID-16-19. <laughs> That's something that we got to talk about. I got to just get this off my chest, man. So yeah. thank you for having me on your show. Oh, man. Oh, man. I was looking forward to this, man, because, you know, I just remember all them raucous conversations we used to have over at Howard, man, and and, and, yes, and just discussing the things that was going on and how we were going to be doing ministry all those years ago and, right. you know, what ministry was going to be like, you know, we're going to be, we, 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 about, we, we, we about to be ordained to become part of the process to liberate our people, man, and, 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 <laughs> and so... You know, I'm 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 glad to have you as as the first part of this series, man, to to open up this discussion. And um, you know, I, I've been asking this question, and so I'll repeat the question for the folks so that they can hear this question that we we're gonna be engaging. You know, what is what is the single greatest question you want to pose to the black church? Man, you know, just you know, that's a that's a that's a great relevant heavy question that you're proposing man so you know I'm, I'm a I'm a product of the black church man um you know before before my parents brought me home from the hospital they they took me by the church my dad uh, was the founding pastor of Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church and that's the church that I have the privilege of pastoring. Uh, my dad pastored that church from February 1963 up until his transition, December uh, 10, 2012. And my mom uh, took over the church's uh, pastor-elect and then pastored February 2013 until February 2018. And then I transitioned February 2018, pastoring now. So I, I, I am a product of the black church, man. I'm a PK, all of that good stuff. So... <laughs> Uh, so when, when, when I pose this question, I'm posing this question uh, not only as a pastor, but I'm posing this question as, as a child, as a, as a child, as a human being uh, who is an American descendant of slavery. You know, so I'm posing this question from within the community. And here is my question. I'm going I'm to I'm pose this question the way Martin Lawrence posed it on 
on Martin. Where is the justice? <laughs> right. Where is the justice? So one of the so, things that we've been shouting from the black church since forever is we want justice. We we say it like this: no justice, no peace. So right. where is the justice? Yeah, that's my question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where is the justice? You know, it's like. <laughs> back to racial heresy, right? We got this this episode, you know, like our return to normalcy, right? Like, right. like no justice, but still peace. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, it's really like no justice, eh, okay, peace. You know, like, right. and the church will be out there all the time, you know, in the middle of the protest, they still out there. The, the pastors out there proclaiming everything, got the people behind them, so on and so forth. And we go home, finally, and ain't nothing change. Is that right. what you're talking about? But with where's the justice? Yes. Like so. So to that, right? No. And when we say no change. I'm not talking about this personal piety change. I'm talking about systemic change man so there's a book by james baldwin and uh the name of the book is the fire next time and and in that book you know james baldwin talks about you know this is part of you know his three book autobiography and on um, this book fire next time he talks about you know how you know he was raised in the pentecostal church and, and they would go to church and they would shout you know, and, and worship and do all of that great stuff. But when you walk out the door of the church, it's, you know, it's still segregation. It's still right. discrimination. And though we are dealing with integration in 2020, it's still poverty. It's right. still racial injustice. It's still, you know, it's still all of these things, you know, you know, it's still the fact that even when I leave this office, I'm, I'm in my office at the church. Mount Calvary, where my parents brought me. So when I leave the office tonight, you know, if, if I see blue and red sirens behind my car, you know, I'm going to tense up, right. you know? <laughs> so we're still living in this crazy Jim Crow South. And I'm and I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, so I really live in the Jim Crow South. <laughs> Literally. Although, although... Florida, much like much like Egypt, is upside down because Upper Egypt is in the north, is in the south, and Lower Egypt is in the north. And right. it seems like the further north you go in Florida, the further south you get. Exactly, which is so. So check this out: South Florida is considered the north. I'm talking about Palm Beach, Broward, Dade County. Right, that's considered the north, but. That's the southernmost point of these, what Dr. Maya Angelou, the late Dr. Maya Angelou called these yet to be United States of America. So South Florida is the southernmost point of these yet to be United States of America, but it's the north. You leave Palm Beach County, okay, I'll say St. Lucie County. You are in, right, the, the sticks, the dead oh, north. Man. I, I went to college in Volusia County at an HBCU called Bethune-Cookman University, founded by one of our greatest leaders, our greatest women of our community, uh, the late Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune. Right. So that's where I went. And, 
And even in Volusia County, it was I experienced racism personally. Right. So, you know, it's it's all in our state, bro. Man. So then when 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 we talk about where is the justice, right? And right. again, y'all, this 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 question is in the context of the church, not in the context of society, right? So like it's not like we're asking the society, where is the justice? Asking the church, where is the justice, right? Right. So then are we are we basically saying then, um, okay, we're supposed to be following the church. We're supposed to be following the Lord. The Lord supposedly um, revealed to us by the church. So it, by transitive, we follow the church. And we've been following the church toward the promised land, supposedly, Martin King, mm -hmm. Dr. King, our brother, before he left this life, said, I may not get there with you. Yep. But we as a people will get to the promised land. And all of these people that dip their hands in his blood, then turn around and they say, we're going to carry on the legacy of King and we are going to lead you all to the promised land. Okay, we are following you to this promised land. We've been yeah. following you for the last 50 plus years since King was assassinated. Yeah. Where is the justice? Is 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 is, is that what we're talking about here? Man. So it's interesting that you mentioned King. And and we and when we talk about the church, one of the things that we gotta talk about when we talk about the church is that the problem that we face with churches the is what is what W.E.B. Du Bois says, the problem of the color line. So, 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 so unfortunately, we got to look at church from the color line. Hmm. So, so it's amazing when we talk about church, what we have to do is we have to say black church <laughs> and right. then church, right? Right. So, 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 that's an issue. That shows segregation, though we're supposed to be as the church, which is uh, synonymous to the body of Christ. Right. But even within the body of Christ, we have a color issue. Right. We got church and black church. Right. Notice, notice we don't say white church. Right. That's just church. The only time we use the term white is with this term evangelicals. Right. Right, exactly. exactly. Which is so crazy to me, right? <laughs> so, so, so when we talk about this whole idea of church, we really got to unpack that. Which, which, which lens are we talking about? Are we talking about white evangelicals or are we talking about black church? So I want to simply su suggest this. You mentioned the whole metaphor of the promised land. I want to say, and I, and I know I'm going to stick my my foot in my mouth when I say this. But Go ahead, that's what we do I on this show. They say that even white evangelicals don't know what the promised land is. Oh no, not at all. And so and so when you have black people going into these white evangelical spaces, or even if you have I can and, and I gotta really define what the black church is too, since there's a dichotomy with color line. There's a, also a dichotomy theologically because black church doesn't necessarily mean that people of color worship together in this sacred space. 
Right. You can you can be you can have melanin in your body, but not be the black church. So I want to simply suggest that the black church is an entity. It's the it's the body of Christ. It's a people that worship together. Uh and and and, and they may not necessarily believe in the Trinity. They may not necessarily believe that Jesus is the Christ. So, you know, you it's not monolithic is what I'm saying. But what makes the black church the black church is the fact that it serves God by serving others, meaning it serves God by serving families, by serving uh, people within the ministry, and it serves a larger community. Whether it may be in a certain zip code, it may be within a certain city, it may be within a certain county, but it serves, watch this, it serves a local community. I gotta be, I gotta really be strategic in saying this because we in the church, especially white evangelicals and, and other evangelicals, we like to talk about global mission. Hmm. Well, well, the black church is like Peter in the sense that it serves Jerusalem. It serves its local community. Now, it doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's necessarily, you know, etched to that community. It means that it also includes serving local community. It Man. may also serve a global community, but you got to serve the local community. Right. And so that's the black church. So I want to simply suggest this when we talk about where is the justice. We do know what the justice is within the black church. We know that justice is is and and I'm borrowing from a, a pastor who is who 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 is in Louisville, Kentucky. His name is Reverend Dr. Kevin Cosby. He pastors the St. Stephen Church. I never met him personally, but I do watch his you know YouTube stuff. You know and 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 I'm very like drawn to his ministry. So you know, Pastor St. Stephen Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. He's also the president of an HBCU, which is Simmons College. And he said this in a devotional that he um, that he um, posted on YouTube June 9, 2020. He posted the acronyms for justice. So here's what justice is. Justice is Jim Crow. We want we want justice from Jim Crow. That's the J. Jim Crow, as I mentioned, the Jim Crow South. But what makes the Jim Crow the Jim Crow was solidified not only in the 1877 compromise when those federal troops were were uh, rescinded uh, from from Mississippi and other southern states, you know, for Rutherford B. Hayes' presidential, you know, <laughs> election, but it was really solidified in Plessy versus Ferguson in that line separate but equal. That's where we really get the solidification of Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. It's the color line. That's why I have to really park there because what happens is we have given a systemic structure of color line and we bought it in the body of Christ. What a sin. Right. Right. <laughs> that we have, that we have, you know, especially the church. Now I'll be universal. The church have not asked for God's forgiveness because they won't acknowledge the sin. Right, right. So the very reality of church and black church. Right, 
bears so witness to that. Right. Right. So therefore, when we talk about this idea of justice, the black church understands this. And, and, and I like Kevin Cosby's definition so that J justice is Jim Crow. The I stands for incarceration or mass incarceration. How many people you know from the black church have been? Oh, my bad. I'm one of them. I have I, I have I have an uncle that that has been to prison. Uncles, I've had aunts. I have a cousin. My first cousin right now has 70 years. You know, in prison, he never killed anybody, but he got 70 years because he was a habitual. So right. this whole idea of incarceration, mass incarceration, you know, there the, the prison industrial complex is making billions of dollars on the black backs. And I can't say of, of black and brown. No, I got to say on ADOX. So that that's that's inclusive of of gender and that's also inclusive of people who are a part of the African diaspora. Right. So this Jim Crow, this incarceration, so that's the I, I mean, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting so ahead of myself. So <laughs> Justice J.U., I'm sorry, Urban Renewal. So I'm talking about the work of the black church. One of the things that black churches who serve their community, they deal with urban renewal. You know, this whole idea of regentrification has jacked up our our um our our communities. One, once upon a time, our communities, you know, it, it had great resources, but these urban renewals and stuff because of gentrification have taken economic resources from us. And so when we talk about justice, not only is it Jim Crow. Not only is it urban renewal, that's the U, J-U-S, S, slavery. Right. Slavery is the S. You know, the out the, the wealth of these yet-to-be United States of America was built from the backs and built on the backs of our ancestors who picked cotton for free, who cut tobacco for free. And listen. We want our reparations. Right, right, right. You got to You you got to pay tribute. So it's it's funny that you talk about the Old Testament about the Promised Land. Promised Land probably is tribute from the children of Israel who were who were mixing mortar that that mire for four hundred years, and now we as descendants of slavery, American descendants of slavery, 1619, 2020, 400, uh, we're on 400 years, but August 2020 will make 401 years. Right. And we want our reparations. So Jim Crow, J, Urban Renewal, U, Slavery, S, J-U-S, T. T is terrorism. You know who the first terrorist sure enough. in America Sure enough. We know them as the Ku Klux Klan. They, now, they, you want to talk about black church. Not only am I, was, am I a product of the black church, but so was the, the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And also the late Malcolm X. Right. Malcolm X's father was a Baptist preacher. Right. He is and a, a black church product. Right. So, right. so 
the terrorism. The terrorist killed his father. Right. And and it emotionally and mentally abused his mother. So Malcolm X is a part of this system that was started by these KKK, these terrorists. Right. And not only that, the terrorists also are politicians. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. the policies that's made is made by these terrorists. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so we want our justice from Jim Crow, urban renewal, slavery, terrorism, and the I, I was talking about the incarceration. Right. Specifically the mass incarceration. Um, Michelle Alexander talks about it in her book, The New Jim Crow. Right. <laughs> she, she really should have called it the steel Jim Crow. <laughs> right, right. The continuing the Jim Crow. Jim Crow. You know? <laughs> it ain't nothing new about it. But but it's just a lens that she proposes because the 13th Amendment now speaks to those who, who have been incarcerated. Right. You know, so, so you know, that, that affects our families. You know, the fact that people are serving these hefty sentences for not killing people, not raping people, but for selling for selling contraband. Right. And do you know what the first contraband was in this country? Our ancestors. Right. 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 That's a crazy so, thing. So yeah. So so they making money on our back still in the twenty first century. We want our we want our reparations. We want justice from Jim Crow. We want justice from urban renewal. We want justice from slavery. We want justice from terrorism. We want justice from incarceration. And we want justice from these cops. That's the C. Right. And, and need I not talk about cops. Sure. Even in the midst of COVID-19 and COVID-16-19, we still got to deal with the third C, cops. Right. Right. <laughs> You right. know what I'm saying? And so I was just talking about, you know, earlier on the podcast, like, you know, if I leave my office tonight, you know, and and I'm pulled over, the 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 emotional and the psychological trauma that I still have to endure, not only because of what was passed out epigenetically from our ancestors, but what we got to endure now. Man, look, you know, uh, even on that point, as before you get to the E, but on that point, man, as soon as you say that, man, I just thought about the trauma, you know. Here it is. Yeah. My wife and I left the house with, the, with, with, our, with our baby girl for the first time, you know, as a family since all this mess. And right. um, since COVID even, you know. And so yeah. um, here it is. We get in the car and I'm like, you know what? You should drive. Because it's less likely that they're going to stop you than me. You should drive. Yeah. And then it's like, yo, if they if if they stop us, I want you to live stream it because I think they're going to start smashing phones. I think the police going to start smashing phones. So you better start live streaming. Mm-hmm. And just the... I was a mental wreck, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I had a dad... My dad is, 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 is retired law enforcement, you know, a former chief deputy U.S. marshal, police commissioner, police chief, so on and so forth, you know, founding member right. of the National Organization of Blacks in Law Enforcement, you know, a chief warrant officer number two, retired army, uh, you know, counterintelligence officer, law enforcement man, you know, and uh, right. 
And so he taught me, you know, about driving and everything else and about the need to be smooth when you're driving and so on and so forth. My, my wife, I, you know, it ain't about a female driver thing. <laughs> but my, my, my wife, she sometimes don't move as smooth as my dad would have wanted me to drive. Right. And it gets me, and it had me on edge. Because I know how the cops do. You jerk right. into a lane, they, that's the reason for them to pull you over. And now I don't know if I'm going to live. I don't know if we're going to get tased. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Right. 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 Yeah, man. And, and, and that's the thing, man, is that, dude, we have to relive these traumas every single time we get in our car. Whether we get in our car to go to the grocery store and we come back home and we forget the milk. We gotta go back and relive this. Man, this look, I tell you that you know, I, I I laugh when I told people when I started growing out my dreads and growing my beard and everything, and they were like, you know, I'm like, look, if if it didn't matter when I was clean shaven, and well groomed, tailored suits and custom shirts and shit, if it didn't matter then. What difference it make? I might as well. I might as well start talking with my accent again. I might as well let my natties grow again. I might as well let my beard grow because if you're gonna beat me down anyway, I might as well man, be comfy. Right, man. Check this out because I, I, I made this point about color line, right? Right. And how it seeps into the church, right? Right. So check this out, man. Because it's funny that you mentioned that because here are the, here are the things. Like you, 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 you're really speaking to, you know, what we are taught, you know, at, in our community. You know, my dad, you know, clean cut guy, you know, educated, all of that stuff. But it didn't matter because, you know, my my dad, you know, he used to get on me. I used to grow my hair, wear it in the braids, you know, back in the day, you know, right. I'm, you know, <laughs> you know, and all of that stuff. And, and to what you're saying, that stuff doesn't matter. But here it is. A, a, a white person can be drunk. They can attack right. the police officer. Right. Sit in their car, sit in the police car, get out and not one shot is fired. Right. But here we are. We can have our hands up. Right. And our arms folded. Right. And we still get shot in our back. We can even be on the ground handcuffed, handcuffed with the hands behind your and back. A police officer can take the same posture that my ancestors and my parents and and our and our church members pray. Right. position on their knees, take the same posture, and this police officer can get his rocks off with his hands in his pocket. Right. But eight minutes and forty six seconds. Right. And I and I hope that they find him guilty and give him some of these uh, 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 harsh penalties that they give, that they have given some of our people. There are people sitting on death row right now that have done nothing. Mm -hmm. But because cops have coerced a story and made them sign it, because if you don't sign it, they'll kill you. Right. And we won't even talk about that. Oh, my bad. Just Mercy came out. <laughs> but that's only one. That's, watch this. That's only one enslaved narrative of a million others. Right. Who are still on death row. 
Right. And that ain't even talking about the people who are not on death row. Exactly. Exactly. So, so cops. Right. <laughs> and, and then finally, you know, we want justice. We want justice from Jim Crow. We want justice from urban renewal. We want justice from slavery. We want justice from terrorism. We want justice from incarceration. We want justice from cops. And then finally, we want justice from exclusion. The fact that the melanin in our skin excludes us, <clears throat> excludes us racially, it excludes us uh, politically as far as policies, and it excludes us from um, poverty. You know, redlining is still an issue. <laughs> Gerrymandering is still an issue. You know, black uh, business loans. You know, for black who want to be entrepreneurs and start their businesses, we're excluded from the money. Right. Right. And watch this. We're even excluded from our own faith tradition. One of the things that we know as black churches, where we come from, mm -hmm. there would be no black church if it wasn't for the, the injustice of slavery. Right. Because because book uh, W.E.B. Du Bois you know, he, he 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 talked about this is that, you know, it, it comes from it comes from the African force and it survived that middle passage. But, you know, Roberto and other people have given light to this, that it was it was birthed in those brush harbors. Right. And, and we called it the invisible institution. Right. Which has become even in 2020 is still a social force because at least it's still a place whereby we as Black people as a black community can worship. Now, 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 white evangelicals have grown their churches by leaps and bounds, and they still grow it on the backs of our people. They don't pay our people, but but they but our people volunteer for free. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. But that's all a lies to exclusion, man. Right, right, and so you know so. So what we're basically talking about then, what we're basically talking about then is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is essentially a church that has abandoned the responsibility to, to, to demand justice. Uh, uh, a church that, in leading us along the way, has um, reconciled itself with things less than justice and, and compelled those of us who follow the church to reconcile ourselves with things unbecoming of justice. Because we accepted the buildup of mass incarceration. We accepted when they said that in the 13th Amendment that except for, you know, bondage for committing a crime. We knew that was, we should have known that was a loophole to continue slavery. And we was cool for with sure. it because somebody told us that we needed to be cool with it. Yep. You know, we we were we we we've accepted the, that that Jim Crow was irreconciled. That we, you know, I tell people as Trump goes to Tulsa, Oklahoma, when people talk about reparations and we don't know who's the victim, I mean shit. Tulsa, Oklahoma happened. There was people that were killed. There was property that was destroyed, and no one was held accountable. Okoe, Florida, the Okoe massacre, which happened on the presidential yep. election in 1920, in a climate just like this one, where armed militias went yep. out and killed black people for voting. The yep. same way an Rest armed militia went out in Albuquerque, New Mexico recently, and killed people for trying to tear down a statue.
or shot people yep. at least. A yep. Chloe happened. Land it was happened. stolen. Every black person was run out of town. No one paid them for that land. Man, check this out, man. I'll give you even one better since we're talking about this stuff because that's so true what you're mentioning. It's amazing that we don't have we don't have a statue in Florida, in Akoi, Florida, of July Perry and those people who were killed. But we got a statue in daggone Richmond, Virginia, a statue of Robert E. Lee. Right. So it just goes to show you how we as a country, we honor, we honor our terrorists but we don't honor those who spoke truth to power. And I'm going to tell you something. You mentioned that whole idea about reconciliation and all of that. Here's what I'm going to call that, salvation. Right. So the church needs to be saved. Amen. <laughs> That's the, and, and, and let me say this. And it's only going to get saved by black prophetic preaching. Amen. Amen. The black so so now so when we talk about the mission because see we still got to look at this in the color line <laughs> so it becomes the mission the call the kaleo of the black church to speak truth to power in order to save so doc here's here i want to simply say this let me go ahead since i'm already since i'm already swimming in the ocean man you know, you know, um, here it is, man. The the black church, I make this argument in my thesis, is that the black church is 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 the church. And, and I like Dean Kenny for this. Dean Kenny helped me to understand what it means to have black theology. And, and I hope I do it some justice, but Dean Kitty just really just broke this thing down. He is a preeminent sage. He is every, every person, every person should know that name, uh, Dr. John Kenny. He is a professor. Uh, he's the past dean of the Samuel Dewitt Proctor School of Theology at Virginia Union University, which is an HBCU. Uh, he, he is, he is a theologian. And so one of the things that the black church needs to know is it's theologians, it's authors, it's poets, it's philosophers, all of that, because they are the griots, they are the prophets. And so Dean Kenny talks about this idea of black theology. And what he does is he makes it as existential. Black theology is not is not a color. Black theology is a consciousness. And so think about our frat brother, the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in his book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos of Community. He understood that black power was a consciousness that was made, that was made to raise awareness to white consciousness. <laughs> 